from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Welcome to the Good Atheist bonus podcast for the December 2nd, 2009. My name is Jacob Forte. I'm Ryan Harkness. Now, before we begin, I just want to say, hey, you know, it might feel weird. You're, 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 you're listening to us right now, and you're thinking, it did sounds- they put... Did they put... The show a little bit earlier than normal? Is this the regular show? No, this is actually the bonus podcast that we're putting out there for free to remind you how awesome it is to have two shows a week. Think of it as one of those clever ways that Jacob is trying to sucker you into becoming a patron. Two shows a week. It's a phenomenal thing. And that's what we wanted to remind you. So that that's, why number one, why you're listening to a bonus podcast. Ooh. Number two... I'd just like to say thank you for becoming a member. <laughs> <laughs> or potentially being a member or possibly being one in the future. Right, exactly, exactly. Over time, we'll get you. Oh, we'll get you. You'll feel the need to come on board. Because two a week is just too enticing. I'm telling you. All right, let's get on with the show. Today we're going to be talking about the family. We're going to be talking about... Uh, that. That's a secret crazy Christian organization. If you've never heard of it, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll also be talking about their involvement in an anti-homosexuality bill in Uganda that would make basically life imprisonment and the death penalty uh, for, uh, uh, for homosexuals. Let's talk a little bit about moving. You helped somebody move. Tell us about that, Ryan. Tell us about the physicalities of moving. That's an opening story. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you helped somebody move, right? Yes, it did. It was like a last-ditch minute fucking, I need your help moving, call you the night before well, it, it, kind of it, thing. It, it basically sounded kind of like that standard. Everybody tells you that, uh, like, you know how it happens. You move and you you tell everybody, this is the date that I'm moving. I'm going to need some help. And then once the date finally comes up, you phone everybody to confirm and everybody says, oh, I can't help. So uh, Yeah, because then they realize they have to move. And they realize what that is, what well, is involved in helping someone move. Because you're like, wait a minute. That sucks. No, well, no, you know, I won't do it. You know that whole the the whole numerology of, of fucking moving. Anybody who anybody who moves a lot understands that whole. For some reason, it doesn't matter what day. Uh, see, in Quebec, the big move day is July first, but then there's also it, it always seems to be the first. And this well, you know why it's was, July first? That's the official moving day in Quebec, right? Yeah, just to fuck over Canada Day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's the separatist who hates Canada. It's like imagine in America there being a state that hates America so much that on the Independence Day, so that's the day that every Everybody legally moves. Uh, <laughs> that's would it the be official a piss moving off? day. It would be a piss off. Yeah, it would be a piss off. It's but, a pretty annoying piss off. But this, no, I mean, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't only have to be July first. It's just it's some kind of crazy statistical number as to how many as to how it's just fallen into that. That's the main moving date. But his was December first, and Man, as you as you noticed, day. December first was Tuesday. So I imagine once everybody kind of realized that, oh, the day you're moving is the day I'm at work, school, uh, whatever else anybody does. And, of course, me being a, a blogger that sits around on my butt, uh, I was available. And I've, I've gained a little reputation amongst my friends of being a pretty good mover. I'm a workhorse. It's one of the few good things I'm, I'm good for. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. That's you know, if 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 Fight Linker ever fails, we could start a moving company. Oh God, it would not be fun. Please, Wouldn't that be the worst? Th- Wouldn't that be the worst? Don't let these podcast dreams fail, people. I don't mm-hmm. want to have to move pianos and stuff. So, anyways, one of the interesting. It's always interesting to see who who goes, uh, who who all shows up for this because you know these are good people. Anybody that helps, if you want to meet some good friends. Help a friend move and see who is the, who. Who the other people are that show up to help. And one of these guys was a British guy, and I was thinking this is interesting because I've been looking for a British guy yeah, to join our troop. Here's here's if you guys don't know this because I always make fun of Ryan for this, but Ryan has uh, a love affair with anybody that's British. I, it doesn't even matter if you're probably an asshole. If you're British, Ryan will probably love you because he just he loves Britain. There's just something about him. It's like. <laughs> Hardwired, it's like ooh, bing. It sort of goes off British accent. Wicked! I no, need a British guy in my group. It'll be like a, it's, a it's, fucking. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a sociological thing. Like look at look at society and look at the way say you perceive Canadians and you perceive Americans, you perceive British people. I mean, we we perceive all of these people slightly differently. Sure. And, and British people, I just find are a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I'm like, you I've just had... want it to be in like in a Guy Ritchie movie, man. That's really what you want. You no, want just some guy with a crazy accent who's slightly wild makes you do. crazy crazy things nah, and it's all good because it's just like oh mate let's go to uh, the soccer match and we're totally going to get in a fight yeah but be like, see, this, see that's the thing that's that's crazy guy richie british and those people actually kind of scare me <laughs> so this guy scare slash this, this guy here is more like on a hugh grant level you know it's he's he's oh he's hugh is he dreamy too no no well i mean he's <laughs> I, i'm not about to say oh well he's I, i'm just saying oh, it's not hugh grant dreamy but just you know He's got that. He's got that same voice and manner, and the self-deprecating edu- humor, which educated, suave, but self-deprecating. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's that British thing that I like about people is you can make fun of them, and they they make fun of themselves, and they have a good laugh at their own expense, which other people generally don't tend to do. So, anyways, we were talking a little bit, and the, the, the what was it the. Uh, the H1N1 shot came up because he'd just come over and he hadn't got it yet. And I was just saying that next week is our turn. Right. And we got into a conversation about whether or not we were going to get it or not. And, and what was, was his position on, on, on the whole His matter? position was he knew somebody who, uh, somebody who was a mother and had a baby and both of them got H1N1 and they recovered fine. So he, feel, he felt that he didn't really need it. If, his, if their immune system was strong enough to counter it then his probably was too and that's how I looked at it and I asked well what about all of the people that you know if you get sick then you potentially expose the virus to a whole bunch of people whose immune systems might not be good enough and that's when the the whole well I have a friend who's a mother and she had a baby and together they survived H1N1 so I think I'll be fine I'm like oh great there there there's one survival story fantastic oh it's just and this is something that I was wondering about because this kind of my my problem, and this upset me, is that I wasn't educated enough to be able to to give him that 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 the the knowledge that a person needs to make that right decision. Because I I don't when you meet somebody that says oh I I have concerns about the virus unless they say someone like Bill Maher who should really know better. <laughs> <laughs> By now he should. By now. The but way I look at it is that. If a person doesn't, just because the average person doesn't know the truth about it, I don't 
consider that any kind of indication about their intelligence because quite frankly it's fucking confusing it's true. if you just read only the mainstream media or even if you just read read up on the internet about it there's so many conflicting messages and stories going on i think there's confl- i think there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion in the same way that there's say a lot of confusion regarding uh say global warming we'll use global warming as a perfect example of that because uh, we one of our one of our friends keeps sending me articles from people who basically say, "Oh, look at what these scientists did to quiet all these uh, global warming uh, sort of like I, I don't know how you skeptics." And uh, I was trying, you know, I was trying to explain to this friend saying, "Well, that's the opinion of a journalist." You'll also notice on the same page, this journalist is uh, trying to sell you natural gas. <laughs> There's, there may be a con- conflict there, but even if there wasn't, I'm like, he's not saying anything regarding the science of it. He's just basically trying to tell you, oh, my God, there's all of these people that have vested interest in global warming being real, and therefore you shouldn't trust it. Uh, and and that's not... that. If you're going to deny the science of global warming, you do it with science, or in my opinion, you shouldn't do it at all. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, but, you're just creating just a lot of general confusion because you don't understand something very well. And and that's... I think that's... The, most most of the people in the... At least the, definitely in the mainstream don't really understand vaccination. What they, what they understand only is that, well, this is really scary and... You know, sometimes some people have adverse effects to it, and this should be discussed. And and you know, they'll they'll do what normal journalists do. They'll fucking find the story, the emotional story, and they'll go with it. That they're journalists. That's how journalism is done. It's like it's not about being objective. It's about finding a fucking human story. And typically, what they'll do is they'll find some tragic fucking case of a woman who took the shot, and now she has some kind of horrible. Ailment, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well, you should really seriously consider this." And well, I mean, I I I figure that the the line being run with by media right now is, "You probably don't need this." That's that's the vibe that they're saying. It might be dangerous. Probably don't need it. Those are that's the one two that that seems to be prevalent right now. Well, I think I think it's just also because we don't really who who fucking thinks about the consequence of them potentially getting sick or being carriers. I mean, most of the people who carry the virus. The first little while you're carrying it, you don't even know you have it, right? You're just fucking spreading it all over the place unknowingly. You think you're healthy, you're not healthy at all, and and that's actually the that's a huge problem because now you've got people that say say something as basic as getting uh, chemotherapy, right? Say a little kid who's fighting leukemia, and you know he's got no immune system left because basically his the chemo has killed it. Meanwhile, you're walking around. With fucking H1N1, not even knowing it, and uh, you know you can you can give it to people with compromised immune system, unknowingly from shit that you touch or hands that you shake, whatever you do, and sure it didn't affect you. Good for you, you survived. Congratulations. But that's the whole problem. It's like yeah, sure, it's 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 no big deal. Uh, you know, on an individual level, if you don't get it, if you have a strong immune system, but, but we, it's never just that simple. Yeah, we still need everybody to get it. That's the whole way that vaccines work, and that's why the government takes care of making sure that all of its citizens can get it. I also think that every time it's just it incubates in a human being, it runs that fucking. You're, you're, it's a really like a Russian roulette because you never know when there might be a mutation of that particular virus in someone that'll be, you know, a lot more dangerous than another mm. it's like think every human being is like an incubator for it so what comes out is a slightly altered and mutated version of that virus ever so slightly well i mean you, we all know how crazy fucking and horrible mutations can be once in a while why are we playing this genetic lottery game i don't want to play that lottery game i was just disappointed in myself because 
you know, there's I, I read I'm reading a book called Rapture Ready, and they always talk about how. Uh, how evangelical Christians go out there and they they try and testify the word of the Lord. Yeah, they spread the word of Jesus. Yeah, proselyte, yeah. and, and and whenever they get an opportunity to to to, to tell the truth, quote unquote, of spread God, the good word to spread the good word, they do it. I'm like, this was my atheistic moment where I could have been <laughs> out there and I could have been like, bam, and and instead I kind of stumbled over my words and I'm like, shit, it looks like even after we've done an entire episode about this, I still need to get my elevator pitch down on why people need to get immunized you know i think actually you 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 make a good point maybe maybe that's something like you you know you go to one of those sites uh, i remember i went to cbc news and they had a whole list of should you shouldn't you get the vaccine and they put like you know what are the odds of you you know getting uh, adverse side effects and stuff like that and it's weird because you look at the odds and on one side, you're like, okay, well, the odds are one in, I think, 100,000 that there might be some kind of complication. And I, I forget what the odds are of it being deadly. It's, it's basically the same as, I think, getting hit by a lightning bolt, mm-hmm. of it being really like you, you just fucking croaking from it. Uh, but even even when you present sort of like, even when you're being honest about the, 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 you know, the possibility of you getting sick from actually getting the vaccine... People see those numbers and they're just like, "Well, well I don't, I don't like that number. It seems still high." You got to understand, people, people play the lottery and don't understand That's that they're true. never going to win. That's true. So they look at these numbers. And yeah, I mean, one in a hundred thousand doesn't sound too high, but that's that's ten in a million. You fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's still not really that high. <laughs> I don't I don't worry about those kinds of numbers, but you know what? It, I think I think you were probably pretty close when you were mentioning people with compromised immune system, which is I th- I think one of the most compelling reasons to fucking get it. You're not getting it for you, really. Mm. You're getting it for everybody else. And that's the problem with vaccines when they're just when they're saying honestly, yes, you might you'll probably be able to fight it. But stop thinking about you for like 5 seconds, all right? And just think about everybody else. That's why you get the shot. That's just as simple as that. Say, stop thinking that it's only just about you because you live in a society where you have a really close relationship with other people. Think about how often you're stuck in extremely confined spaces with complete strangers. Think of all the times you touch things as you go outside and, and then touch the your world mouth. And, <laughs> yeah, every time I go through, say, the metro system, or I guess I see people in America call it the subway. <laughs> sub, 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 think subway. Of all, think of all the things that you touch. Oh, so many things. Think of all the things you touch. Go get immunized. Okay, that, that's my little, that's my <laughs> that's little, little immunization spirit. thing. Okay. So, yeah. Now, let's talk about something that really... Uh, it took me a few days to blog about this because it was just... It, it was almost too crazy, and I wanted to read up on it a bit more because, uh, you know, the, the, the internets were abuzz with this news that the family, which is basically a, an extremely conservative, secretive group of uh, Christians that are in higher positions in, 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 in the government that um, and, and, and they, they, they own all kinds of properties and they do prayer breakfasts with presidents and stuff like that. Well, these individuals uh, are also now behind a piece of legislation in Uganda that's trying to be passed that would make the crime of aggravated homosexuality um, basically a crime punishable not only by imprisonment for life but even possibly death. Uh, also in the provisions of this bill would be imprisonment for up to three years for anyone that does not tell or, or, or report suspected homosexual activity. So this is pretty much some Big Brother shit going down here. And they, they are basically the, the, the I'm not going to say they're the drafters, uh, but they're, they are 
basic, you know, they, they, they kind of are. They, they kind of are. They, they have close relationships with, you, you know, uh, individuals within the government of Uganda, and they have been putting their, 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 all their political weight behind it. Now, my understanding is that it's, it's basically the, the entire anti the, the 2009 anti-homosexual, ex, anti-sexuality bill was basically the, the brainchild of one guy that is part of the family, an American who, who has strong ties with Uganda and basically pushed it through. Now, you, you say it's the family. Are you distinguishing between, say, what the family does and what a person, just one of the, one of the people who is a part of the family is doing? Not that I'm trying to defend the family. I'm just saying, let's let's split these hairs for a few seconds and just specify here. You know. Well, here's here's the problem when you're dealing with the family because they are they their secrecy makes it really difficult to talk about as an organization. Well, here's here's the thing. I mean, let let's talk a little bit more about the family because you give it the name, you give it its its you know its two second. Here's what it's all about. But I still don't like. Let's talk a little bit more about that because in order to understand. I think we need yeah, to understand we'll, let, more about what the, the deal is. Let's go through the history. Okay. Basically, the family was started, I think, in, ni- in the 1930s by a pretty much a fascist who, uh, who believed that the, Jesus, the, the principles that Jesus was espousing weren't necessarily of charity, goodwill, or poverty, but really that Jesus had come to take over, not to take sides. So the idea was that they would have a passive... Diploma, like they would use their 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 passive connections to essentially make uh, make changes for the Lord. Is this kind of like that whole kingdom of heaven on earth? Like we're gonna do this by political means? Yeah, that, that exactly, whole... exactly. So rather, so rather than just sort of like take a, a you know like the obvious approach would say, well, let's create a church and 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 let's invite people to it and espouse the principle of Jesus. They they're like, no, 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 no. We don't want to deal with it that way. We don't want to be uh in the public at all. We want to be the power brokers that work behind the scenes. Uh and 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 basically the their current leader, which is Douglas Coe, uh he, this this let me give you an idea of how powerful this guy is. Okay, because he holds these national prayer breakfasts. They're really popular with government officials. Uh, and foreign it's, dignitaries. It's, it's like going to church, but getting to eat and not actually having to go to church. I like it. Right, exactly. And uh, at these places, they're, 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 let's say you're a foreign diplomat from another country, and you want to gain access to some of you know U.S. representatives for whatever reason. I mean, I don't know. You're foreign diplomat. You got your own fucking. You're pumping your own agenda, and you want powerful friends. Well, Doug is the guy that you need to know because he can get you to have breakfast. With the president, you know, because if you just have a national prayer breakfast, which is a very informal thing, which just people can come to, underneath it, it's not there. It's not informal. It's all like, okay, well, this is an opportunity for people to commingle, and if you come, if you play by our rules, if you come over and you sort of like play nice, then you get to come to the big parties, the prayer breakfasts that we organize. Well, so let, let's just put it this way: any politicians that are at these prayer breakfasts, it's kind of ridiculous to imagine they aren't going to be talking policy and stuff like that at these things with each other. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, I, I was saying before in the blog post that this, in my opinion, violated the principles of the Constitution. It doesn't violate the Constitution, but I find that any secretive religious organization group that tries to work within the government to undermine its secular values, yeah, they violate those principles, in my opinion. I mean, this is a clear... Th- th- these individuals have a clear mandate, okay? They are pro... 
Jesus. They, they, one of the members was behind the, the, that, that Stupak amendment, the Stupak Pitt amendment, which was basically making sure that in the health care bill that they were passing through, mm-hmm. that, they couldn't, uh, that they wouldn't pay for abortion. And, and most of the members of the family, these are, these are all of them, you know, oppose abortion, even in, in some cases where the mother's life is in danger. Uh, the, you know, they're, they're creationists. I mean, these are, these are frighteningly powerful people that believe in, in, in Bronze Age mythologies and, and that basically work very hard cooperatively with one another to make those things happen. I mean, you, you look at any of the other major Christian organizations, evangelical organizations that are public, focused on the family, you know, family coalition or whatever the fuck they are, they are nothing compared to this organization. And mostly because this organization is so secretive, most people don't fucking know about it. In fact, they, they really only came to light recently when a book was written about them. And before then, they were just fucking mystery to everybody else. You know, they they even because they were a, a public organization, they even had like their archive was avail- available to view. That is until the book was published, and upon which they made all that shit secret again. So they went further. They didn't like that, from what I understand. Being exposed, that was something that they did not like. Hmm. Uh, they also, what was funny is they have a building called the C Street, and for most of it, see C Street is kind of like a, a gigantic building, really posh that they occasionally rent out to members of the family um so you know and and they they'll charge you like six hundred dollars for room and board in like this essentially luxury fucking uh apartments uh so i mean right when the when the book came out they actually lost because they were mostly tax exempt they weren't even paying any fucking taxes now they're only 34% tax-exempt. Mm. Oh, okay. Because they're still considered sort of like a religious organization. This is what I love. This is what I fucking love about these douchebags. They even get tax-exempt status to do this shit. Like us secularists, no, we don't get that. The religious nutbags who want to fucking take over everything get to do so with tax-exempt status. It's great. Fucking love it. Anyways, mm. back to the family. <laughs> We're getting a rant. Um, you know who was a member of the family? Funny, funny, uh, funny enough, uh, Strom Thurmond. You remember Strom Thurmond? Oh yeah, isn't he that isn't he that Skeletor guy? Yeah, the Skeletor segregationist who ran for president in 1948 under a segregated segregation platform. This this same guy with an illegitimate black daughter. What is up with all these racists well, with he, illegitimate black daughters? Here, here's a bigger Aren't question: they? What is up with people who who get exposed and are shamed yet don't go away? I mean, like Mark Sanford, another member of the family, who you know uh, is basically being investigated for uh, misuse of funds for using a plane not only to go visit his mistress in Argentina, but also using these funds to go get a haircut, using using public funds to go fly and to get a haircut in another city. What he flew somewhere to get a haircut? That is correct. Okay, I was on, about, on I was about to money. say, hey, let's not let's let's not get crazy about people using company funds to get haircuts because I, 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 honestly, I need a haircut, and the business account is the only place I'm getting it from. <laughs> but I will I, I will say that I probably won't be flying anywhere to do it. No, no. Actually, it's funny because three of the three of the members, uh, three high ranking members of the family, are currently in a in a sex scandal, and this is this is essentially. The whole purpose of the family for me is actually, I, I find, beyond their whole, cons- you know, the whole conspiracy theory of them wanting to push through their Christian agenda, another reason for it, it, it's, it's like a religion for rich people. Because for them, 
Christianity offers them sort of a justification for their own abuse of power because they figure, well, we're, everything that we're doing is in the name of Jesus, and that allows them a certain redemptive, you know, quality. They're like, oh, well, you can be forgiven. I mean, Richard Nixon joined the family after he was basically resigned as president for all the bullshit he did, and I, I think it's specifically for that reason. I need to be pardoned. I'll go amongst this group, and they'll be like, it's okay. You were using it. To, you were using power, and that's fine. And these are the same guys that use, like, they, they admire previous dictators like Pol Pot and fucking Mao and, and Hitler. These, these guys just talk about well, them and say, you... isn't this amazing? These people did amazing things. And you're like, what? <laughs> Where they were talking about Mao and, his, and the fucking Red Guard and how they would get some of the members to kill their own family members to de- demonstrate their loyalty to the group. And he's like, that's a very important thing to think about. Who, who said this? This is Doug Coe there, their fucking main so, dude. So Doug Coe is on the record talking about how... Yes. Yes, he is. My goodness. I know. You know, you, you know they're, 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 not, they're not Nazis. I'm not going to suggest they're Nazis, but they have very fascist-like tendencies. Well, it, it's just basically, you, you would... You would almost think that guys like this didn't exist, but after eight years of the Bush administration... <laughs> All of a sudden, you realize people like this do exist. They they do, and they're annoying. And they do things like uh, basically put Ugandan homosexuals in lives in danger. It's really quite scary, actually. Here, when you think about a, that legislation. Here's a because it will pass. It will pass. Don't get it wrong. It will pass. Oh yeah, but uh, here, here's what I'm asking you: What the fuck is the family doing over in Uganda, get, s- setting up death panels? <laughs> 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 yeah, actually, you know what's funny? One of the members I included in the in the list of people who were in in the government that were part of the family. There was there was one. Um, let me see if I can find his name. This is actually quite funny. He basically this this senator. He's a, he's an American senator. Let's find his name. He is Joe Pitts. Okay, he's Joe other, Pitts. Uh, no, not I'm sorry, not Joe Pitts. Uh, That's too bad. He sounded almost like a like a like like Joe. Sorry, Camels. Senator Chuck Grassley. Oh, you weren't even close. Sorry, Joe Pitts was the other guy. He was the co-founder of that Stupak Pitts Amendment. So he's he's one of them. Mm. But uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, I think that's Grassley or whatever the fuck is pronounced. Uh, he's 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 actually a, one of those guys that said, "Well, you should be afraid of healthcare reform because government death panels are real." I'm like, you're part of the government, man. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you telling people they should fear you who are part of the government? Like, you don't make any sense. This is why I've always thought these guys are always funny. We're like, you should fear the government. You're the government. Why are you telling me to fear you? Like, quite honestly. Can I just... Maybe you're right. Maybe I should fear you. I should fear most of your fucking brethren. You're really quite frightening. Really quite frightening. Mm. My goodness. But yeah, what, what's, what exactly is, is the deal with this guy going over to Uganda and, and basically doing all this? Well, Af- <laughs> Africa, Africa, think of Africa as a battleground for all these religions, right? Islam and, and, and Christianity are fighting in Africa for, dom- for, for dominance. And, uh, and this is literally a religious war that's going on. So as far as they see it, they're fighting for Christ by introducing Christian principles and supporting, uh, you know, uh, governments that are pro-Christianity. And and whatever whatever form that takes, they support. And of course, being hardcore Christians, they believe that homosexuality is a fucking sin, punishable by death, hence the legislation. You don't think these guys really care about fags getting killed in Uganda? No, they don't care. As far as they're concerned, Christianity must be pushed forward, and it, only straight people are allowed redemption. So is this basically... 
interestingly enough how you know churches how to me the church's stance on homosexuality is like a rallying cry for everybody who hates uh, who hates the church over here in North America but over in Africa it's like the church declares that they hate homosexuals and it's like a rallying cry come be with Christ we hate gays too it's not just a rallying cry but in in, in a lot of African countries they view homosexual rights as infringement from west like uh, infringement of western values onto their own society so they will reject that as saying like this is part of the west's propaganda to make you believe that homosexuality is right so what they do is they create a nationalized movement based around the rejection of western values including you know civil rights <laughs> and, including not killing people for where they put their penises or Whatever. Or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever they do in their own goddamn homes. I, I was is everybody's business. Mm. What were you saying? Well, I was trying. I was trying to figure out what the lesbians do, but I guess they just scissor, scissor. I don't think. Well, I don't know if they'll care, but they'll probably eliminate lesbians too. But for the most part, whenever you whenever you see legislation like that, it's quite clearly. Well, I, I was. I was actually. I was reading up on on it, and uh, this is this isn't the first anti-homosexual bill. In Uganda, the old one has been around for oh, a yeah, while. Oh yeah, it exists. And, and it, but it's funny; it was amended recently to include lesbians because originally it was just focused on the gross kind of gay people, <laughs> the non-hot one. <laughs> yeah, I, I always find that funny where where lesbians kind of get tacked onto these hate bills as an afterthought. It's still horrible, but they only half hate them, you know, only half. Well, it's obviously it's not the main concern. The main concern seems to be guys. Ha- Having butt sex, which is why I kind of—I mean, have you? This is interesting. This is just a side thing. But have you seen? Have you seen the new? Have you seen the new Bud Light commercials yeah, where everybody yeah, yeah, talks yeah. about getting it in the can? Yeah. And it, but they're not talking about butt sex. Although that is the implication for the—it's a long commercial. It's like a minute of people talking about. I'm getting, getting it, it in the can like, later. Oh, I'm about to get it, and and then at the end, of course, it's the Bud Light can. And and hey, I I am totally all about getting it in the can as far as beer is concerned. <laughs> I love cans of beer. Over bottles, right. they are the best. But okay. uh, I, I just thought it... Uh, I think it's funny. That's that's the divide now, is that we can make these jokes about it, yet over in Uganda... Not so much. Yeah. No, not so much. I, I always found it personally funny how really... Homosexuals scare the crap out of these... A lot of heterosexual guys. And it... it at first, I think I, I mean when you're when you're when you're a kid and you're a small, immature child, you can kind of understand because that was that was death, right? You were going to be teased forever if anybody found or thought that you were oh, gay. Oh, what found out what, Jake? As a kid? <laughs> well, I mean the fact that the, the fact that I didn't have a girlfriend for a very long time uh, created a lot of accusations of mm. homosexuality. Uh, so I, I feel firsthand the um, you know the, that that sting, despite not being gay. I've definitely been discriminated against for potentially <laughs> being gay. I don't know. Uh, that's I don't hilarious. know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Which is why. Which what, is why. Whatever, whatever it means, it means something. I think everybody's had that sting of the potential of being labeled as a as a gay lord at school. It's not a good thing. And no, it but it, it's definitely it did not help your reputation, which is just so sad. I mean, I can't even imagine had I actually been gay, how distressing that would have been. Mm. But uh, what I'm I'm basically saying is that I I have to imagine that there's just 
it's probably a lot of this internalized homophobia because apparently there's a lot of ex-gays that are behind this new legislation. And, and Jeff was telling me about this, and I thought it was really fascinating, that a lot of guys that are in the closet have really a lot of hatred for homosexuality, probably a lot more than straight people do. Uh, that's internalized homophobia, and they have to deal with it all the time. You know, They've they got to think about the fact that they love the cock all day, <laughs> which probably makes them all crazy, mad, and what have you. Now, I'm not suggesting that anybody who drafts the bill is automatically a closeted homosexual. But I have to I have to wonder if so much of this anger and fear comes from those that may have may be secretly gay themselves. You know what I mean? Like look look at look at look at how many how many times have you heard some kind of crazy uh you know thing like look at Ted Haggard, perfect fucking example, right? Perfect example. Talks nothing but shit about homosexuality. Craves the cock. And then you hear all these stories about ex-gays running those God hates gay people, but you can be saved by accepting Jesus Christ and never having sex with men again. It totally works. Until you kill You can totally do that. <laughs> Man. To, to not only ha- create your own hell, but to create that hell for other people. I can't imagine Woo! what it would be like for somebody who first thought they were straight for a long time and then gave in to their gay urges and then came, quote-unquote, back to Christ and gave up their homosexual lifestyle... And is now living this crazy life as a as a person who loves Jesus but hates their own their own gayness. You know what? Here's here's the other thing that, too that I have to wonder. I don't know if you do this, but there's probably a few people out there that do. I I know that when I'm when I'm single and then there's just no action going on. A lot of times, you know, and you're in the back of your mind. Sometimes you think about those really good lays that you had. You know, so you get back in that mode. You're like, yeah, that was a good time, and you kind of relive that. So you got to think that these dudes are still going to revisit all the crazy good times that they had when they were fucking into the gay lifestyle. And you know right after they finish, they're probably all like, No! What did I do? No! No! I'm pretty sure those are being wrapped up in so many layers of guilt and and anger and everything that it doesn't doesn't think it's only. I I think it's only one layer, though, because they will admit to having these thoughts, and they probably do have them quite a bit. I mean, how often do you fantasize about naked girls doing stuff? You can't help it, man. You see a fucking girl that's attractive, and all of a sudden you're thinking like, And certain days, you know it's worse than other days. Well, you don't think it's going to be like that for a gay dude, too? He sees a guy and he's like god damn i want to fuck that guy like of course they're gonna have that and they buried all the fucking way down but it is always at the surface which is why most of these guys are just so fucking polemic about that shit we're like wrong homosexuals are wrong and i'm like is there are you showing all your cards there buddy <laughs> i don't think you're showing all your cards man it's like because in your legislation it was pretty graphic in there it was real graphic or all these guys are like, the government is trying to push homosexuality into my home. No, maybe you want it in your home. I don't care. I don't care whose home it is in. I don't give a shit. But apparently you are so scared that, they, that, if, it's, it's, that if it's made okay, that you're probably just going to do it or something. <laughs> maybe that's the secret fear. Okay, you know what? I think we'll, we'll wrap it up for this bonus show anyways. Sure. Remind everybody that this is the extra show, and they can catch more of it. Uh, we'll be... Catching everybody on Friday or Saturday, depending on when the other show goes up. But uh, if you love it, r- let me remind you one more time. Please, we, s- we survive mostly on you guys. We don't make a lot of money from advertising. Patronage is the way that we make a living at this. And we'd l- we love to keep doing it. So 
Yeah, advertisers aren't, aren't hot on the whole hating on religion angle. It's not just that. I mean, you know what? After the whole economic collapse, I mean, we talk with a lot of other bloggers and people in the scene, and it's just the honest truth is that uh, for a lot of people, the advertising revenues have dried up significantly. And uh, and if you think that you can make a living just from advertising on the web, even if you have a lot of traffic, you are in Fantasyland. Fantasyland! Because otherwise everybody would be rich and nobody's rich. <laughs> Very few bloggers are rich. Okay, with that, we'll catch everybody for the free podcast. My name is Jacob Fortan. I'm Ryan Harkness. All right, have a good Atheist Day, everybody.